0: Ah, yes. Hello again, Mr. and Mrs. North America. Steve Coolies and Craig Button back on the air. Podcast number 52. Cool Button Hockey Podcast. Craig, it looks like you're wearing a a footy shirt. Is that true? Are you wearing a footy shirt, my friend? Uh, Soccer, really, football has been uh, in the minds of a lot of people these days with World Cup qualifying coming. They tell me Canada's in and Italy
1: is out. I find that very fascinating. Wow, let me tell you it's the second consecutive World Cup that Italy has not qualified for. Wow. Now, now let, let me put this in perspective. Italy, not at the World Cup, would be like Canada not being in, in the Olympics right, in ice hockey. It's simple as that. There, there's just no way. I mean, this is some once, twice in a row. Oh boy, I don't know. And and Italy are the defending Euro champions. So I am wearing a footy shirt. It's my Portugal shirt. Oh. Portugal, Portugal has qualified. <laughs> so for the next little while, up until the end of Qatar, I can I can share with all my Italian friends, uh, like you know what, what it was like to cheer for Portugal. But with Canada being in the World Cup, I mean, like oh, how amazing is that? And you know, all the uh, all the top players playing. John Herdman, what an unbelievable job he has done uh, for Soccer Canada. It's an exciting time. It's an exciting time for uh for sports in canada and you know what on wednesday i went to lake louise i skied it was beautiful sunny all day how do you like that what'd you do wednesday
0: what did work all day morning (laughs) noon and night morning noon and night morning noon and night so there you go uh you were going downhill and i guess i wasn't away as well no just kidding it's a lot of fun love the shirt love the shirt so well if you talk about you know developing from scratch you know a program that's i guess what you could argue team canada soccer has done you've got a team like the oilers that have tried it for seven years under Connor mcdavid and last night he did it again (laughs) right wednesday night did it again 100 points seven years five 100 point seasons he had a year at 97 and he only got to play 64 games so if he really played 82, that's way more than hundred. And in his rookie year, he was 48 and 45 broke his collarbone. Probably would have been a 90 point guy there. Like this is rarefied air with the Gretzkys and the Howard Chucks and the Lemus and the Traches and everything else. Wow. As good as he is though, it'll be Marcel Dion like if there isn't anything in the playoffs. Like, would you agree with that? Like he's already a hall of famer it to Hall of Famer. That's done. It's done. As soon as he's, you know, if he quit it tomorrow, he's a Hall of Famer. But now it's about the playoff success that all those guys I mentioned mostly have had except for Marcel Dion. I just
1: worry about it with that
0: goaltending, Craig. I do. I do.
1: Well, I I think you've narrowed it down to the goaltending. I think it's just it's more than the goaltending. It's we talk about teams and we talk about having a a team that can adapt to different styles of play and you know meet the different challenges that you're going to confront come playoff time, regular season time. And and I don't think the Edmonton Oilers are built for that. That being said, I I think they're going to win a playoff round this year. I really see just a, a a collision course for a battle of Alberta. I, I see it. I, I don't see Calgary losing to anybody in the first round. I see Edmonton locked in with that LA Kings. That, that, that's what it seems like is a reasonable uh, first round matchup. And, and, you know, I think that they're a better team and doesn't mean that they're going to just wipe the, the ice clean with LA, but I, th- I think it sets up for a second round matchup. And I think that's where you look at a team and go, no chance. I shouldn't say that. I said that last year about Montreal. I better be careful. <laughs> 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 but I should say is, is when you when you come up against a complete team like the Calgary Flames, you know, it's not a one-off. It's not one game. You got to win a series. So here's what I will say about Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel. They're two of the greatest players in the game right now. You know, I, I don't know if people just have it, want to be critical of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel these are great players. They are players that drive play at every single moment of time. And I say this often, just ask yourself where the Edmonton Oilers would be without just one of them. They'd be nowhere. They'd be, they'd be down the lineup, right? You know, the, the, the fact that people don't want to consider Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl for the heart trophy to me, be careful how you talk like that. You might be revealing you know, something about yourself that maybe you're not watching Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. That's what I would say as the team. That's not on Connor McDavid. All I can ask Connor McDavid to do is do what you do every night and be the best you can be the best player. Leon Dreisaitl. This is on, this is on management. It's not on Connor McDavid. Let's stop talking about Connor McDavid here. Why don't we go? Why don't we go to where the situation belongs on management on management? the goaltending who put the goaltending together management who lost Adam Arson? who didn't, you know, solidify the team to be able to play different ways on the blue line management. Let's stop talking about Connor McDavid. Let's put the spotlight where it belongs on management. Oh yeah. By the way, that's Ken Holland.
0: Yeah. If, if, and Eric Francis was on the show this week, and we talked about the same thing, Oilers getting the Kings is the best thing for both teams because at that point, when, I looked at the standings that would be a 12th overall versus 15th matchup. Think about it. That's 12th versus 15th. Where if it was Pittsburgh and the Rangers, that was a 4-5. Not in the conference for. So think about that for a moment. You rank the teams 1 to 16 and you say, "Okay, um, you know, Colorado you're first. Who would you like to play?" "Oh, I'm Colorado, I'm going first. Uh, you know, Colorado might pick the LA Kings, you know, whatever. Doesn't work that way. So the Oilers Kings for each other is a 2-3. That's outstanding. And yes, I slightly believe that the Oilers would be the favorites to win the series. I think the Flames are beating whoever they play as well. And then the season's almost successful. If you're Edmonton, oh, we lost to Calgary six games. And Eric Francis says he thinks it's a pick series. And we as hockey fans get something, Craig, we have not had since the right of Alberta, I call it, from 83 till 91 for those kids out there who had no idea that a representative basically from 83 to 90 – represented Alberta in the cup final. They won Stanley cups and in 91 was the last time as you know, the money became a factor. The guys were getting older and then they started trading everybody that um, they played in the, in the postseason. So that's realistic as far as, you know, the Edmonton Oilers are concerned. Another takeaway I'm saying, cause I'm talking about hockey on Wednesday night scouting. And we've talked about this. You had me under your wing watching Big 55 Quinton Byfield. And I love it because when I saw him last night, I go, that's the best game he's played in the NHL. Like, here, here he goes. He's doing stuff. Like, you, you see it, you see it. Remember, he's an 02. So he's still 19. And I, I get excited watching it because at times you're, yeah, but they're not ready yet. He might, sh- maybe shouldn't be in the league. So I'm watching that. Um, and then I'm watching most cider, all the things about most cider, all the things about most cider being a man out there. So I hope the voters, Craig, they, they do the homework, they watch not just some underlying numbers to try to justify, not just this, but when you see them, nothing against the Trevor Zegerses or the Janos or maybe Buntings who are older. I just want what's right. And I believe Mo getting that award is what's right. But I worry when you vote, because you know what happens when you vote? It's a popularity contest. And we've talked about votes before that have gone awry. So I'm just hoping that the right
1: persons do win when the ballots are cast. I will say this to you, Steve. I, I, honestly, my vote for Rookie of the Year begins at number two. It is so clear-cut that Mo, Mo, Mo Sider is the Rookie of the Year. I mean, he, he's, been, he's been one of the top 15 defensemen in the National Hockey League. And as a rookie, like on that, like, you know what he's done? No, like, not even like, he like, send me my ballot. He's number one. There, there's nobody else. There's nobody else in consideration for number one. Number two, okay, we'll have the discussion. I mean, the fact that, like, you know, Michael Bunting's having a good year. Here's what I say about the, the definition of the rookie of the year. It says, who is deemed the best rookie, uh, who is deemed the best player in the NHL in his first year? doesn't say under 25 or under like the, 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 22, you get an advantage. It's best, that's how I vote. So it's I don't care if Michael Bunting is 26. I don't care how old Tanner's, you know, is. The voting criteria is really straightforward. But I went through it last year with Kaprizov. Oh, people said, "Oh, Kaprizov's not." Oh, Jason Robertson. Hey, Jason Robertson was a really good player. wasn't better than he wasn't better than Kaprizov. So, you know, that's just you know different different criteria. I, I you know, it goes with the Hart Trophy, most valuable. How do you define most valuable player? Okay, well, there's a lot of different ways people can do it, but all my point is, I don't care. I do care. Like, who you're going to vote for? but don't try to tell me Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl aren't most valuable to their team. And don't, and, and if you're going to say that, then you better start telling me that Mitch Marner is pretty valuable to the Toronto Maple Leafs along with Mitch Marner, along with Austin Matthews, excuse me. Right. You know, it's not like Austin Matthews is clear cut ahead of Mitch Marner because you want know they're neck and neck as, as, as valuable to the, to the Toronto Maple Leafs, but these narratives run. And then everybody jumps on the, the, the moving narrative. That's what I, you and I are talking the same language here. That's what I struggle with.
0: Yeah, I know. And we have people on all the time. We talk about certain players and then, you know, there's, there's the eye test, the box car, the underlying numbers, which count, which don't what's phony, what's real. Some people only believe now, you know, they watch the game and they need the underlying numbers to tell them what they just saw, which I think is scary Um, because if that's, it's part of the equation as we said as much information as you can get if you only use you know i only read the toronto star oh well if that's all you do and that's where you get your information from that's not good you want a kaleidoscope a rainbow of information coming in and having said that if someone has a justification for someone other than most cider we'd like to hear the explanation and everything else i think a lot of people are you talked about homers they're homers in their city, so they're going to vote for Shesterkin. They're going to vote for Jigris. They're going to vote for Bunting or whatever. Um, and that's why I say to you, if it was you and you were playing, what would you rather win, the Art Ross or the Hearts?
1: Oh, the Heart. Why? Because it signifies that, I, that, 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 that my value to the team wasn't just in points. My value to the team was, was that I was recognized as the player most valuable to my team.
0: But what if in that year people
1: went, mm,
0: I think it was Mario actually that year, or uh, I think that we can year, have the
1: debate. You asked me, you asked me what, yes. what matters more to me. <laughs> like I'm not asking what the, what the result of a voting is. And I know exactly what you're talking about. So, I mean, you're trying to, you're trying to trick me. I'm on the witness stand here. <laughs> you're trying to trick me, Mr. Mr. Prosecutor.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I am probably a little bit because I, I'd rather win the art Ross because you know what it means? If I do, Then I could win a heart in another year because the Art Ross, which McDavid will win, won't have any politics, any regionality, any I'm going to bed early. It's just done by numbers. It's just done. Could there be an assist here and assist there with video now, how good they are. Like the other night, there was a shot from the point. Tavares tipped it. Matthew scored. And then they don't have Tavares on the goal. Chris Cuthbert, who's outstanding, folks. Uh, that's the way it should go. Oh. He he knew right away, he touched it and, and he just said "And tomorrow's, we'll be getting an assist on that goal, which will be his 40th assist. Like bang has the information. That's where we are for, you know, that stuff right now. So for me, I think I'd like to get the art Ross out of the way. Cause then you've got one special, special group. And then you're in that category. So next year, if you're eight points behind people say, well, he's improved his defensive game <laughs> and he's playing the right way, Craig. And he's doing all those types of stuff. I just think with 32 markets and everything else now, I don't know. Would you rather the players vote for the art Ross too? Or do no, you... no, you don't vote sorry, for the sorry. art Ross. Sorry, for the heart. Would you rather the players vote for the heart too? Somebody said, it's what the players think matters more. And somebody else told me, the players don't pay attention to it that much either. If they don't like a guy, they won't vote for a guy because they don't like Marchand. So they never vote for him. So I find it fascinating because this year's heart trophy race and balance will be something special.
1: Craig, I think we have the Ted Lindsay, the players have the Ted Lindsay. I know. I know. I know. I know know what you're saying. Here's what I would say. Okay. Here's what I would say. You know, the players, you know, like, uh, are are certainly, you know, they're there playing against the different players. Right. You know, could we like, what, what, honestly, here's, here's my idea for a solution. Okay. I, I would like a group of players and like, so we're saying, okay, here are the players we're considering for best defensemen. And, and what, what, I don't know what the group is. Maybe it's 25 players. Maybe it's a player represented, maybe it's two players from every team. So you have 64 players to become part of it, right? And, and they get weighted 50 percent of the vote. Give them 50 percent of the vote, whatever it is, right? And so you, 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 you present them and you say, "Hey, here's a group of players. What do you think? Yes, 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 they go. And they, and they do it on a secret, however they want to. Do it. And then the other voters, they get 50 percent of the vote, then you combine it. I, that's my idea. I think that I, am also a believer that like, like, you know, let's have some uh, former coaches, former managers, executives be part of the voting. And that, and that's a, that, that would be the non-player point of view, but that's my suggestion as a solution to give the players a greater voice there. I love it. That's a great idea. We, we, we combine them,
0: put them in a pot, mix them up, spit them out. And there you go. Um, and like I said, it's uh, it's when you vote, it kind of, it brings in a lot of other things, Craig. And, and I'm sure when you do your homework, you're very happy. and can justify why you've checked certain boxes. Sometimes when I hear, and then the people who disclose what they're thinking, then I say to myself, hmm. And that doesn't mean we all have to agree. We can agree to disagree. But in this case, I think you're, what you're basically saying is if Shostakhin, Matthews, Goodrow, Huberto. We could be in a situation where the two oiler guys don't even get to the, they don't even get to go to the Oscars at that point to see what's going on. Like that cutoff of three and four will be very interesting. We still have a month to go, but it's a hot topic right now because so many guys, Craig are having outstanding seasons.
1: Well, and exactly. And you know, Steve, here, here's what, and you know, this, and, and it's hard, you know, it's, it's hard to, to, to know uh what's going on around the league a number of years back Scott Niedermeyer and and I still in 2003 I thought he was the most valuable player in the playoffs that's what I thought I thought he deserved the con smite and he he didn't get it J.S. Jaguar got it uh, from the losing Anaheim Ducks which fine like J.S. had a great year but I did that's not the gist of whether I agree with it or didn't he got traded over to Anaheim I remember sitting in a in a press box one night and And uh, these were Western conference writers and we're talking, you know, you sit around, I don't know if it was after the first, but it was, he'd been like, I said, geez, that Niedermeyer, he sure is good. I'm like, I'm like thinking to myself, yeah, exactly." you don't see what Steve's doing. He's got his hand on his forehead, right? Scott Niedermeyer had been in the league for 14 years and that was the comment. And I, and I just went, Oh boy. Oh boy, like you know, you have just recognized how good Scott Niedermeyer is like there's something something wrong, something but you know you' it's the Western conference. people aren't watching as much in the East. I get it, right but how, how do we how do we factor that in when it comes to voting how how can they you know you, they're doing the best they can I, I think from a uh, for, from a point of view of how, how do we make the voting more uh, thorough, more complete? It's never going to be 100%. That's what I, that's what I try to focus in on and say, Hey, listen, you know what, you know, how many times have you seen, like you're going to vote on the, on the, the, how many times have you seen the New York Rangers play this year? Maybe that should be a question. Like, you know what, like, you know, well, I've only seen them play twice. Well, how can you really give me a reasonable idea about Igor sister?
0: Yeah, that's a great point. What did you tell me if I'm going to fill out a scouting report 15 times live, then start filing, then start filing. Uh, And what we do in our jobs this year is you travel to do a lot of stuff at, uh, you know, watching the minor midgets and junior players and get ready for the draft. You know, from my point of view, I'll just use one quick example. The Norris Trophy right now, this year, we got three guys and everybody else and there's a gap. So, if I got three votes, Adam Fox is not getting any vote this year. And with the Ekbad injury, he's not getting any vote. So, in any order of Yossi, Makar, and Hedman, that's it. Still think all around I would take Hedman number one if I was just starting a team. But I, I go by the year. If it's Yossi, Makar, and Hedman right now, that's great. Then there's a line. I know they have five players they want on your ballot, and I, I have a line. So there's no way in any situation this year that Fox is nominated and finishes any higher than fourth. And I can make an argument after watching some of his defense lately that he's not fourth, but that's fine. That's by watching, watching Tanner Janot and say, wow, I don't care if he doesn't win the Calder Trophy if I'm Nashville. We got something here. Like we got something. If I'm the Leafs and Mike, we got something here for almost free. I don't care if they win an award or not. We need those guys in roles on our teams. And that's what we've seen by watching and doing our, you know, Pro scouting
1: homework, Craig, on those players. So you talk about that. Like, you know, like, I don't think there's enough talk about Chris Letang as being one of the premier defensemen in the National Hockey. I don't think there is. Do you, do, do, like, do, last year, do you know who my first place vote went for the Norris Trophy? Chris Letang. It did. And I, I, I'm watching lots, watch what he did for the team. I'm watching him again this year. He's no less this year. He might be better this year. And yet there's no talk about Chris Latang. Like, I'm just, like, how he plays, the minutes he plays. And, like, I mean, I, I guess when you are got Sidney Crosby on your team and you're the pizza but I, I just, I, I'm, I'm always amazed. I'm always amazed watching Chris Letang play at this age, how good he is. Like, anyway, that doesn't mean I'm right. Obviously, Adam Fox won it. He was in my top three, right? But I'm just telling you, Chris Letang is somebody that people don't really talk about it, as being one of the best defensemen in the league.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time now for KB on Ice and inside look at the NHL brought to you our friends at Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction is Canada's sports book. What do you got, CB? What do you got?
1: 2 2. 2 2. Tuesday night's game. That was a, I mean, you talk about a, a schedule, right? And you know what? We went head to head. We emerged, you know, with we're, we're, were no scars, no bruises, but two, two, like, you know, how about those I mean, Boston, you know, really uh, capsizing versus the Toronto Maple Leafs and, you know, the Rangers, I'm telling you the Rangers, everybody tells me the Rangers aren't that good. I keep watching. I keep seeing them big comeback win against Detroit on Wednesday night. Okay. Let's get right into it. You know, what's juicy for me tonight. I'll tell you what's juicy for me. Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Pittsburgh. Now I understand that Marc-Andre Fleury isn't playing. Hmm. That's interesting, but I'm telling you what, I'm going with the Minnesota wild over Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh didn't look great the other night against the Rangers. I like the wild. The wild to me, Stephen are showing me that they might be a team that may have to be dealt with in the Western conference. My chips are in on Minnesota Thursday night.
0: well, I'm going the opposite again because I feel this is a a regular season moment for the Penguins. Lost to the Rangers twice in a row. What are the Penguins? Are they legitimate contenders or pretenders? Into Minnesota, seven-game winning streak, Cam Talbot with a chip on his shoulder. We're going head-to-head. I want to see how the Penguins perform on the road tonight. It'll tell me a lot, Craig. How they'll perform on the road in the playoffs, and when they do go head to head against the New York Rangers in the playoffs. That is going to be a great game. If you want to bet on that or anything else, check out all odds, props, and totals at SIA.com. That's SIA.com and sign up today at sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod to place your bet. Sports Interaction is Canada Sportsbook. So, Mr. Button, I'm preparing for shows this week. I get on at TSN, and uh, we all know that there's a uh, Tyson Jost, right? You've got a Travis Yost, who is a writer at TSN.ca. Interesting article about penalties over the last three years using Colorado, Carolina, and Arizona kind of as an example. I read the article. Some people thought it was complicated. Some people thought, well, uh, basically the gist of it is Carolina gets a lot of power plays. Sorry, Colorado gets a lot of power plays more than most their ratio is number one and Carolina for being a team that's been just as good as Colorado in the last three years is, is in the minus category. Thought it was very interesting watching games that night, <laughs> in overtime. time, Jordan Stahl grabs Steve Stamkos. He does grab him. penalty. Rob Brinimore doesn't like it. Stammer scores on the power play and result Tampa with three power play goals wins the hockey game. So I'm thinking, how do we talk about it? what, You've been in the meetings. Everyone has an issue, but no one has a solution. So uh, I don't know what you thought about the article. I don't know what you thought about the play. If Rod's right here, say, Rod, it's a penalty. Tell Jordan Stahl, who's been in the league since 2008-9, don't grab people in overtime and twist them, and they lose the puck, you're going to get a penalty. We're, we're, I don't think we're boiling, but there's a lot of talk or angst about the playoff officiating. Some missed calls this year. You know, I go back to Toronto-Boston game, which I want to get your thoughts on. So where are we on on fighting through the white noise, exploding, putting blinders on? Because we are now a month away from the start of the playoffs, and everyone thinks they're out to get their team, Craig. I hear the winning team saying it, the losing fan bases. Twitter should shut off in the playoffs, Craig. What do you think?
1: See that this is, yeah, I'm, I'm holding up a piece of paper. Yeah. Well, it's something I've had for, for a number of years. It's, it's from the NHL. Okay. And, uh, and it, and it has a listing there of, of all the teams they're trying to get. And, and, and they say, they hope they can make the playoffs this year so they can get them with some bad calls and missed calls because the league, they, they keep a tally. I don't know if you know this, they keep a tally of all the teams they don't like and then and then they say, we're going to get you. <laughs> it's called, it's called the, we're going to get you document. <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly, Steve, uh, like, I mean, like it's as old as like, it's as old as time. Right. I mean, I mean, it just goes on. He, 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 he I, I read the article. I thought it was interesting. Right. And then, but I, I, I dug deeper. I went, I went to sport logic. I went to my buddy, Mike Kelly and tried to figure out, I want to know how many obstruction penalties there are, how many penalties are uh, as a team like are the like you know like are they getting into areas where they can put an opponent on their heels? You know, just the idea that you hold the puck. Do you remember the Russians back in the day how they controlled the puck and kept the yeah. puck? Well, nobody chased the Russians; they let them go. They were a puck possession team. I'm going to bet that the Russians didn't draw a lot of penalties because they were they were holding the puck, holding the puck. They, it was like soccer, Steve. So we talked about soccer at the outset here, soccer. What are you trying to do? You're trying to hold the ball, hold the ball, open up a lane, get get, get a run in and get after. Well, puck possession in and hockey and the, and the Soviets, Russians were so good at that, right? And we have teams in the NHL that are good at that. Tell me where they're not getting penalties. You know, this is where, where uh, on-ice tracking data is going to help because it's going to tell us exactly where, where t- players are going and where the penalties are. Like we know, okay, interference penalty, but do we know how many times a team went into that area? right? How many times the puck? you watch the Toronto Maple Leafs for an example, who are, who are low. They're a puck possession team. They hold the puck. They hold the puck. They regroup. They stay. Teams don't chase the Toronto Maple Leafs around the ice. So until the Toronto Maple Leafs attack inside to the danger areas and attack to the net and attack inside the dots, that's when a team now is vulnerable for taking a penalty. I need to know how many times Toronto attacks them. And I'm not talking about trying to open it up, boom, they hit it there. Watch Austin Matthews, how many times he gets the puck and where he arrives. And there's nobody near him. Mitch Marner, the goalie, scores against Boston the other night, It just bang, he arrives, boom, it's in the net. Well, there's no penalty there. There's no even chance for a penalty because they're so smart and they run. Like, so I get the premise. I get what the idea was, right? And to me, uh, there's Steve, the next time there's not a missed call, let me know. Phone me. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah. Just phone me. Yeah. I, I say this all the time about the officials. They're the best in the world. Okay. They, they, they miss the odd call now and then they get 99.5% of them. Right. And, and we've introduced uh, instruments and tools for, for them to even increase that number where they're not sure. Like, again, like, I don't know what people want. I, I just don't know what people want. And I do know this. Managers, coaches, fans, they have rose colored glasses on when it comes to their team. Oh,
0: well, they do for sure. And then we take the calls on Mondays on X, Sam, when we try to talk about things. And I'm, you know, I'm good at being ready in my toolbox when someone says, well, they, you know, they missed the Oshi oh, call when Oshi oh, had the stick literally thrown out of his hands. And then when Oshi oh, kind of oh, Jordan Stahl again kind of touched stall stick, he got the penalty, and Oshi oh, was really upset. So let's count that for what it was and the Capitals weren't happy, even though it didn't, again, so many of these calls don't have any outcome on the game anyway. So if they don't have an outcome on the game and they don't have an outcome big picture on the cup, what year do we go to bed saying, Craig, unbelievable. The Oilers won the cup again. They won the cup again. Those are nope, Islanders. Nope. Montreal. Nope. Penguins. Nope. Stars. Nope. So we have a system that never affects who wins the cup. I think that's a good place to start. The only team that won the cup that shouldn't have was the 1938 Blackhawks at 14 25 and change how they beat the Leafs. That's the Leafs fault. One year, one game they didn't even bring the cup to, to the city. Cause they didn't think they were going to win. That's a choke job. But anyway, and I don't think it was an officiating issue. It was a choke issue. So anyway, I look at it this way and say, okay, so we've got the tools that you've mentioned. We got these guys who want to work because they make big money. The officials do in the playoffs and they know the heat and they feel the heat and everything else. So I said, well, what about these calls in that game? These calls that could have been too many men on the ice. That was a slash on the hands, but the ref wasn't in a good spot and was a tripping many penalty. So I'll give you your two, but you owe me three. So you're actually minus one. So for the, for, for the calls that you wanted there that you didn't like, you're only looking at it with your rose-colored glasses. You think you're minus two. I just showed you three. You're minus one really now, or plus one, depending how you want to look at it. They only remember the third period call that screwed them, right? Not that the power plays were for nothing in the third, and we do have a tendency of kind of evening it up in our sport, whether you like it or not. Steve Eisman, you told me this because you've been in the meetings. Stevie's a guy, and I thought he wouldn't be, he would just say three each, shut up, let the best team win. And other GMs would say, so you're telling me if a game, if we're getting grabbed and held all, they can't call everything. They're going to benefit from all this instruction. You, yeah, but power play six, one, a ref will go to the bench. And you know, the coach says six, one, six, one. Oh, okay. I should even it up then. Where are you on that philosophy of just three marbles in the pocket each because some people have no answer. So you know what they want? Just keep them even put the whistles away in the third and let the players decide the game. Cause Craig, I'm telling you, I got a bad feeling heading into May on this side of the microphone. Cause I think people are trying to start a fight before they're borrowing sorrow from tomorrow. Well,
1: good line. Uh, I, I don't have a bad feeling. I, I, I think the NHL has done such a terrific job with their officiating. You know, I, I look at it and, and, and you, you, you consider, okay, Oh, yeah, let's get to this point. I, I think they've made some really strong incremental ch- improvements. L- look at the cross checking. Look at the cross check. Last year it was a problem. Like now, you know, the, it's something they said we can't have this, right? You know, goaltender interference, there's a goal call back against uh, the, in the Edmonton L.A. game on Wednesday night. Right. It was exactly the right call of goaltender interference. Right. Like, you know, Todd McClellan challenges it. It goes there. Right. You know, we, we, we have uh, we have hockey ops being able to buzz down and say, hey, we want to look at that play again. You know, we want to institute a review. We want you to look at this. So they're trying and trying and trying. Steve, the complaining is never going to end. That's just, that, that, that's just the way you, you, that's human nature, right? As like, I'm like the, the I'm not going to say lowest common denominator, but to just say it should be three, three, and it should be all even at the end of the day. No, no, I don't buy that. Like the official's job is, is, is to, is to call the game and call the infractions. And if one team has seven and the other team has two, it should end up seven, two, it shouldn't end up three, three. It should end up seven-two based on what the what the what the infractions were. That's the way I feel about it. I do understand, like okay, let's just everybody can be, but guess what, Steve? Nobody's going to be happy at three-three either, because when, when you start to get into that mindset, it favors the less skilled team. And we ask yourself this question. Now, I'll ask you the question. Do we want the less skilled teams being rewarded? We went through a cycle up until 2004, and really from 98 to 04, because that's when the four expansion teams came in. You know, Nashville, Atlanta, Columbus, and Minnesota. It was awful. It was awful. It was awful. Trust me, it was awful. You, I, you don't have to trust me. You know it was awful. I, 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 I got no desire to go back there.
0: I could go back just a little further too and say, even though the hockey was better in ninety two with the expansion, San Jose was team 22 and then 92-93 was a special year. 93-94 was almost as special. But then we got to lockout, mini lockout and got to 94-95. Jacques Lemaire had a system that worked for 95. Like it did. He changed where Yager curled at the dots. We didn't cover the points anymore. He really crowded the house. And then the 95-96, that got Mario very angry. And what Florida did... And that run, and I told Brian Scrooge in this and, and, you know, the guys that come on the show, it was terrible. It was terrible. They rewarded the Florida Panthers. Um, it was bad. It, it was bad. And so I'm with you on the 98-04. It kind of started a little bit earlier with the, what Mario called. But we fixed that, which is great. I don't want to reward the C- minus student. I'm about playing to the A+. So here's the standard Mario, Wayne, Joe Sackick. McDavid, all these guys, we're gonna cater to them, not to the third line mucker that goes out and grinds and does his thing and runs around the ice, Ryan Holwig and just is a well, you know, a super, you know what? So I'm glad that you feel good. You made me feel a little bit better about how we'll feel going in the playoffs. I know it'll be an ongoing topic, even when Bruce puts up episode 52 officiating. Oh, right away. Don't talk to me, honey. I got to listen to this. (laughs) What are these guys saying about officiating? So uh, the big four from the other night, Toronto, Tampa, Colorado and Rangers all winning any takeaways there. That might be something about a future (laughs) matchup or what it means for either the winning or losing team. We saw it was the big four, Craig. We went two and two which I love that we went two and two in a way. It's kind of the perfect result. Anything from the big four Tuesday, people are still buzzing about those eight teams and those four wins.
1: Okay. I'm going to go rapid fire here. Okay. Good. Start. Boston, Toronto. We know how good Toronto is with the puck. They won that game by how good they were without the puck, creating turnovers and ultimately goals. That's playoff hockey. Yeah. Bodes well for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Number two, Carolina, Tampa Bay. You want to bet against the Tampa Bay Lightning? Go right ahead. Go ahead. Bet against the Tampa Bay Lightning. You want to give them a chance? They've been there, done that twice. <laughs> and to me, they got they got the top-notch goalie. They got a, a, a defense group that just is so outstanding. And up front, uh, they got a team. I, I mean, I know Carolina's good. I am not betting against Tampa Bay. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not betting in the East. I'm not betting against them. We can talk about all the other possibilities. That's where I'm at. So now – Pittsburgh, New York Rangers. I I you know the Shisterkin's been phenomenal. The Rangers, they improved their team. And let's not forget Andrew Kopp goes and wins the game on Wednesday night in Detroit. You know, a sloppy game for the for for the Rangers, but they find a way to win the game. Andrew Kopp steps. I mean, I mean, the bottom line is d- don't sleep on the Rangers. I love the Penguins, I love the way their team is. There, there, there's some really good teams in the East. You know, you talked about 12, 15 in the West with Edmonton. Like you know, we're talking four, five, six, seven. So like one, three, two. It's unbelievable how good it is. Now I'm going to finish in uh, Calgary. Really good game. It was all one on special teams. Two power play goals for Darcy Kemper was really good. But do you yeah. know what I really noticed? I'll tell you what I really. No McKinnon. No Landeskog. Don't tell me that the playoffs aren't about having size and weight and bulk on your blue line. You know, Josh Manson, I'll tell you what, go back and watch that game. You know, and Andrew Mangiapane, he, 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 that, that was playoff hockey. His ice was shrunk. His time was was diminished. Josh Manson, Eric Johnson were so outstanding in that game. You look at what Joe Sackick did to strengthen that blue line. I mean, obviously adding Manson. Colorado Avalanche. I, I still say that Colorado and Calgary are the class of the West, but I'll tell you what, Colorado—they improved their team. And you need big, strong, weighty defensemen. I'm not talking about plotters. I'm talking guys that can play and get in your face. Colorado did that with Manson. I'll tell you what, that team is that that team's built. That team's built to win. I love all of that stuff. I'll then go more on Darcy
0: Kemper as I check off the. Look at his numbers. Look at his season. Look at the underlying numbers. Whoever was worried about him at the start of the year, don't know. He is just outside the Vesna conversation. They got their guy. And they didn't go with Grubauer. They went with Kemper, Joe Sackick. They got their guy. And winning without 92 and 29, that says a lot about what you said about heavy, heavy hockey. Um, Kudos to you bringing up Toronto without the puck. I'll go to when they did have the puck. Magic. Overwhelmed the Bruins at times. Bruins were 14-2-1, waiting for this game, circled on the calendar. Here we go. And the Leafs spanked Swayman. They made Swayman look like he wasn't NHL ready. And look at his games before that. He looked like he was dominating for the Boston Bruins. The Leafs made the Bruins so-called great team defense. Um, look like the Washington Capitals of 74-75. You want to play with fire, Carolina against Tampa, and then complain later why you got burned? talk to the hand because the hand ain't here like that uh, uh, kid song from yesteryear. No, no Carolina, you grasped defeat from the hands of victory. You're up one, nothing two, one, three, two, and you're going to point the finger. No, no, I'm pointing the finger. I'm pointing it at you, Carolina. You helped Tampa Bay win that hockey game. And I'm with you on the Rangers before I thought might not be enough there. And a guy on this show episode 47 35 talked about all these guys that are out there, talked about two that he would get Ben Sherrod on the back end, also Josh Manson. But on that episode, it was Sherrod and Andrew Cop. And my eyes went like this. I didn't know he would be available because I like this guy too. Andrew Cop is gonna have a great postseason. And I'll tell you this much right now: he's already delivered for the Rangers. I think the Rangers are better than Pittsburgh, better than Pittsburgh. And they play them in a seven-game series. I'm taking
1: the Rangers. Well, I like that. Isn't that great? Isn't that a great little, you know, from a, a two-game set where the Rangers won both games, right? And, you know, it, they're, they're and for the players, Steve, you know this, it becomes a proving ground, right? Like, you know, the Rangers, and all this talk, I always laugh when people talk about, when players talk about, uh, uh, oh, yeah, they don't really read everything. They hear everything. They may not be paying attention in the moment, but somebody tells them. The Rangers all know that people are saying, oh, yeah, we're not that good. Oh, yeah, Pittsburgh. They know. And they just went in and said, hey, we just won two games. And it's not just proving to themselves, because that's what competition is. It's showing, hey, we're good enough. It's also proving to others. Yeah, go ahead. That us. Yeah. Go ahead, doubt us.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Our buddy Paul Cohen, Ultimate Hockey Fans, reached out the other day. He says he listens to every podcast. He loves what's going on. There's a buzz. And he's got a lot of new product for the playoffs in the factory. So if you want to look at what he's got, ultimatehockeyfans.com forward slash cool button pod. That's how we give you our big, big discount. Ceiling fans, puck light fixtures. And some other amazing stuff he's working on. It's a state of the art. Check it out online and then give our buddy Paul a call. That leads us to final thoughts. I wanted to start as still, you know, broadcast guy, television guy. I think TNT has done a great job. I think TNT has taken things to another level. They still have tweaks to do and figure things out. Wayne has to show up more when he's there. It's interesting. espn's doing their thing then we've got canadian broadcasting i think this craig and we need to be entertained entertainers when we're doing this we need to be entertained when we're watching you got 18 minutes and two intermissions make it worth mr and mrs north america's time and i think right now tnt of say the big four are making it more worth our time This nasty's been great uh Anson Carter uh Rick's got some good stuff uh, he can smile a bit more Ricky's good looking guy He doesn't have the Scarborough flow from the 1980s but it's television it's supposed to have a je ne sais quoi the teaching the entertainment and everything else so I like where it's going I'm excited to see where it's gonna go and I wonder what others will do because we're a copycat league we're also a copycat industry at times so I wanted to give TNT a shout out because I think they're dynamite.
1: Yeah, well, here's what I would say. I, I concur with you. I think that they've been, uh, uh, you know, they've been in the moment, and 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 not just in the moment with 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 talking about the game, but in the moment, they're like, you know, when I when I watch that TNT panel with Barkley and Kenny Smith and 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 Shaq, right? Uh, it, to 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 me, it comes to life, and and that's the sense that I get with the TNT panel. I mean, it, it comes to life, and and they're going to feed off of one another. And Paul Bisonette has been how good has Paul Bisonette been? Like you know, he and because to me, Paul is he's authentic, and he's and and he's not afraid to let his hair down. He's not afraid to poke fun at himself, but he can be really uh, provide some real serious uh, analysis. And I, I think it's I, I think it's terrific. I think they've done a wonderful job. I mean, the the, the thing that concerns me, Steve, is that you know, when you uh, see what they're doing, and I I use that term in the moment, I I would like to see more of that instead of this. Okay, we got 18 minutes. Okay, let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. It just kind of, it just kind of, it's like a, it's like an escalator. It just keeps moving up. And you know, the escalator, you know, when you were a kid, you go, where did the stairs go, mommy? Like, you know, (laughs) oh, here come the stairs again. Where did the stairs come from, mommy? Right? Like to me, too many, the too many broadcasts are just an escalator up, come back, down around, come you know what's coming. Like you know there's no there's no there's no there's no there's no, there's no dis, what I would call no distinguishing qualities, no distinguishing elements. TNT's wow. done that.
0: Yeah, and when you listen and you might have this planned, and something else comes up yes. that's better then you just go with it. And I, I mean, we were just lucky to score cause we weren't, we're a network, but we didn't have to go to break at this time and this time. So if we're talking and in the moment, then you say, Oh, and by the way, I'm taking that job with the Finnish elite team. All right. Well, we had planned here to look at the leaf defense. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't care about the Leaf defense <laughs> Craig, what's going on. Well, he, like at that moment about when, when we go to the pub and there's two or three or four people there, okay, Craig, you're going to speak. And then Billy is going to speak. And then Johnny's going to speak. No, we're going to go in here and start something. And it's a discussion. I love that. Sometimes they're just talking over each other. Then they just go to break and everyone's just talking over each other. Just the same way you do, or I do. (laughs) And I know I should probably talk less and listen more when we do go drinking, but I think they brought that kind of element of just three or four guys talking hockey, which is what we do. And, um, I didn't know if it was going to work. Um, I think ESPN has that in them as well with the people, the mess and the cello. boy, does Chris look good. I want to be Chris. You know, he's like Sebastian Maniscalco there. I want to put on the suit and look like Chris at that age. But anyway, um, it's just fun. We want to have fun. I think we've had fun for 40 plus minutes. They're having fun. And I want to say
1: to them, it shows. It does. And I, I concur with you. And for everybody here that tunes into our podcast, love, love the fact that you're taking the time out of your day to tune into us. And I hope that uh, you find us entertaining uh, and that we provide some uh, different thoughts and some different ideas that make you think, ah, oh, that's pretty smart. We don't mind you saying that we're crazy either. <laughs> but uh, for Steve Coulias, I'm Craig Button. This is episode 52 of the Cool Button Hockey Podcast. 53 is just around the corner.